0: Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with Femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. In today's episode, I interview Amanda Dukach, the CEO and founder of Social Mama. Social Mama is an app available on iOS and Android that connects and supports mamas, all the moms out there. And the reason this is important is because isolation is one of the biggest challenges that moms face, making new friends that are also moms or asking other moms mom questions. They have a matching formula and experts on the platform that can talk to you about family medicine, mental health, career, finance, all of the mom questions out there. This is actually a homegrown Houston startup that I have seen Amanda do her first pitch. We talk about that experience um, where she she stumbled a little bit, and it's been really, really awesome to see her grow into this amazing pitcher, this amazing CEO and founder. But, you know, I saw her at that first stage, that first pitch. I even saw her on the day that Social Mama launched. We were actually at a conference at the same time, uh, Hello Alice's Circular Summit in California, and she announced that Social Mama was live. So super exciting to see her now with an app, extremely active, international, over 20,000 moms are on it. Super inspiring. I know that you're going to love this interview. Enjoy. Amanda, it's been a while.
1: I know. We're all very isolated in our houses right now. We're not running into each other at my office space. I always see you because we office together. Do you remember the first time we met? Um. Yes. Oh, well, of course I do. That was the first public pitch that went not so well, let's just say.
0: I remember seeing you on that pitch stage, and you were so nervous, and... You had a total, you had a mini meltdown and I just had so much love for you on stage because I have had many meltdowns in during pitches and um, just, I don't bring that up to say like you're, you know, I want to, what I want to say is that you have come so far because now I see you pitch and I'm like, the queen is here, (laughs) sit down and listen, the queen is here. And so I feel so honored to have seen that journey.
1: Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, Houston's been a beautiful home for us because um I think people really have seen our journey and you know, as you walk down the journey, you you always feel like an imposter because you just mm-hmm. go to a bigger table with, mm-hmm. you know, more quote unquote important people. Um, but yeah, that that pitch, I I talk about that pitch more than I think anything else that's happened to me <laughs> since starting the company. Because it was, it was humbling Mm -hmm. because the one thing that I really excel at and isn't difficult for me normally is public Mm -hmm. speaking. And Mm -hmm. I fell on my face completely. Like I really did. And it was, it was very humbling. And it also went to show you that um, pitching is very different from getting up on stage and doing a presentation Mm -hmm. or doing a panel. It's a very different experience. And that was my first time. Failing at it for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was nowhere to go but up from there, and I have done that myself. Where I was pitching, and I just drew a blank. I drew a blank, and I kind of joke about it now because essentially what I did was like you know that little dance with the top hat and the cane, and you just kind of kick your way off the stage. Like that's essentially what I did. I was like, see you later. I'm. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Better luck next time. So, gosh. You've grown so much. Yeah, well
1: it, our, it's so much better with practice, but you you do definitely learn that kind of like blanking is just part of pitching. Yeah, it just is. And yeah. you gotta run through it instead of letting it, you know, make you almost publicly cry. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's it's like an initiation. You ha- you're not a real founder until you've blanked yeah. on stage. <laughs>
1: It was funny, too, because when I got off the stage, that's like what you all were saying. You were like, no, 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 like now you know that you've made it because (laughs) of the fact that you just played on stage on a pitch. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, our listeners are so excited today to hear about you, your background in Social Mama. So why don't you tell us about yourself and your background and how you got into femtech?
1: So, yeah, um, we're so excited to talk about this. So my background um, is not in technology, so it makes no sense that I am here, although I know that I've now found my calling and that I'm in the right place. So my background is actually in sales and marketing for luxury hotels, um, and I like went to culinary school, did the whole hospitality. I practically have a PhD in hospitality. If that was a thing, I would have had it by now. Um, but I'm married to a technologist and we got into this project in a very organic way. And we got a phone call from my best friend who was hysterically crying in an emergency room next to her child, just received a new medical diagnosis. And we watched her really spiral out of control over the next couple of weeks. And my husband who, you know, looks with a tech angle into all problems of life, which isn't what my brain set used to be. It certainly is now. Um, and has changed, he basically was like, you know, if we could match make her with another mom who she was compatible with for friendship and had a child with a similar medical diagnosis, think about how that could change her life. Um, and then we really started researching what was out there. And we quickly learned that the solutions, there were very few, there still is very few, um, more than there was two years ago. But the solutions that are out there often resulted in mom shaming and judgment and a lot of um, things that were really not helping the person that came for the solution so we decided to try to architecture basically a framework into our product that would avoid um, judgment and mom shaming which sounds easy but um, as a, you know as a, you yourself as a former CEO of creating you know chemical attraction and other things it's not very easy to just create a technology that's going to um, create meaningful relationships it's, it's very difficult actually
0: yeah, so that's pretty much it. So social mama. Yeah. So tell us about social mama. Um
1: When did that happen with your friend? So that happened almost four years ago. Four years. Um And for about two years. So my husband had his leg reconstructed. I um, had a very difficult pregnancy, ended up getting pregnant after we thought of the idea. Hmm. So it's really been about two years that we've been hardcore on the product. It was January, 2019 that we really went into this. And um, 10, 11 months ago, we launched the MVP into the market and we've had almost 20,000 users in the last couple of months, which is oh exciting. Oh my
0: gosh. So. Yes. Yeah. So, well, tell us what those 20,000 mamas are doing on the platform. What? It, what is Social Mama?
1: So um, Social Mama is a matchmaking app for friendship and support. So there's really three main functions that the mom can do today. Um, the first is that When they go through the sign-in process, we ask a lot of unique identifiers, everything from autism to divorce, if they're an introvert, where they live. And then the app tells them um, basically recommendations of moms to be friends with. There's also um, a way for the moms to chat globally online and get to know each other as a community to talk about all things motherhood. And then we have experts that also live on the app as a part of our um, community. So pediatricians, OBGYNs, you name it, are also there for one-on-one connections with the moms and then to be a part of the global community.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And so, you know, how does the mom know that this is for her? Is You know, you gave the example of your friend, like baby diagnosed, terrible disorder. Like, is it only for moms in distress? when their babies are sick or like who else, what other mamas would want to be on social mama?
1: Yeah. So it really is a great space for anyone who identifies as a mom or is thinking about being a mom. So we're, we're a great resource if you're thinking about um, going down, you know, the, the pregnancy route, if you're going through IVF, if you're pregnant with your first bundle of joy, all the way through to college application. kind of stage, you'll find a lot of resources and connections on the app. And and that's really how the app is designed is that you tell us what you're looking for and then we provide you with suggestions of who to add into your community, Mm -hmm. both in person and online. Um, So it's really for everybody. But we like to say it's in particular um, women find us when they're going through a major life change, which Mm -hmm. can be something like IVF or getting pregnant for the first time or going through a divorce or a new medical Mm. diagnosis like um, down syndrome. So we find moms coming to us during a big change, but these don't all need to be moms that are having unique needs, things like divorce and autism. It also can be things like a new move across the country or that your best friend no longer lives in your city and you're looking for new mom friends. I mean, there's really a plethora of reasons of why moms find us.
0: And you know, I can imagine what problem you're solving, but in your own, in your own words, what problem is social mama solving?
1: A a thousand percent loneliness and confusion. Um, no matter what we do, no matter how we pivot, no matter how we change moms find us because they need more mom friends so that they feel less lonely and more fulfilled. That's really the reality. And then once they get on the app, they start really getting fulfillment around how to like master mothering, and I hate saying master mothering because that makes it seem like that like this is a, a mothering education. It's not because what we pride ourselves on being is a totally authentic, zero judgment, zero mom shaming platform. Um, but what's what's really surprising is is the stats around motherhood, right? So sixty four percent of moms feel friendless after having their first baby. So really, the majority of moms are walking around feeling like they don't have friends. And the reason why that happens is that when you start the motherhood journey, you need new friendships. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying throw your old friends out the door. We do not recommend that. That's not what we're here to solve, but you do need, you do need friends that are going on a similar journey, no different than how you and I became friends. Like we were both founders. Mm -hmm. And when you walk down the founder journey, you all of a sudden need friends that are also founders. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's what we do a really good job of is just connecting you with the female in that moment in time that you need to fulfill something in your life. And it changes all the time too.
0: Yeah. And what are the consequences of being a lonely mom besides like no one should be alone. Right. But are there other consequences of this that manifest in motherhood or, you know, the health of the mom or health of the partner or the baby?
1: Yeah. So um, so we, we are not a medical um, product that goes through clinical trials. So by no means do we have results on our platform of what we can do statistically to reduce, you know, medical diagnosis or anything like that. But um, over 80% of moms suffer from some form of the baby blues. And all the therapists that we talk to talk about that one of the things, one of the indicators for their um, recovery throughout this, this disease is, is friendship, is finding other moms to talk about that have, you know, been down the baby blues and postpartum path. Um, And I think right now we're all living it. Like Mm -hmm. we all are living a major life change. Like COVID-19 is happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm, most people I talk to, certainly all the moms in our app are talking about it. And the moms that come to our meetups, which of course are all virtual at the moment and not in person is that, they're feeling moments of depression. They're feeling moments of confusion. Like these are feelings that are happening because you're going through major changes and your life is no longer the same as it was the day before. And really motherhood's no different. Like motherhood is a journey of gaining and losing all at the same time. And I think when 80% of moms suffer from the baby blues, which is a literal chemical, right? It's a chemical reaction. I think we have scientific proof that products like this really can help change things around like mental health and stress and things like that.
0: Anxiety. When you say uh, baby blues, are, is that directly referring to postpartum or is that separate from postpartum depression?
1: Yeah. So, so baby blues is, is the stage that a mother has feelings and changes in her mental um, state before she's diagnosed with full blown postpartum oh, depression, okay. um, which, which changes the stat. Um, so it's, but I mean, 80% and that's that's the international stat, but also on our app alone, one of the things that we do is we ask moms to fill out the unique need portion, which is basically things like, um, you know, is Down syndrome something that impacts your life, is autism, et cetera. And overwhelmingly, the number one unique need that's picked, and we have over 60 on our app, overwhelmingly is depression and anxiety. It's It's by far wow. one of the most picked. Um, items. It is the
0: most picked item. So. Wow. And how much yeah, I know yeah. and you know, I'm putting you on the spot here. Everyone knows listeners, you know, she's not Amanda is not a scientist. She just told us marketing and sales. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, I like, I like to try to dig in here a little bit because the scientists in me can help it. Um, how much of that 80% is just like the biology of you know, you had something in your body and you you know, your hormones are all over the place. And how much of that is like the social aspect of now you're alone at home. And I, you know, would have, I would have pre-COVID said, oh, that's probably 100 percent hormonal. And now that I'm sitting home alone with my dogs and my human interaction is uh, interviews on a podcast. <laughs> I, I might start thinking that being alone at home with your newborn uh, potentially has something to do with that 80 percent. What, what do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. So, so again, I'm not a scientist, so I'd never make claims that I'm, you know, that it's in my scope to, to talk about this from a scientific Mm -hmm. aspect. But I can tell you this, that it is, it's a combination of both. Mm -hmm. I personally am positive of that. Um, And I think that's a lot of where the fine line between postpartum depression and baby blue seems to be. I think it's pretty hard to all of a sudden have this thing in your arms that's changing every single aspect of your life, of your relationships, of your job, like you name it, and to not feel some feelings of being overwhelmed, of anxiety, of, of depression, like you name it, you're going to feel it. Um, and then I do think a lot of it is hormones as well. And, and we have scientific proof of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing that is really important and that something like our app can really help with even from, even from a, a data set perspective, um, which of course is information that can provide stats and whatnot, is that it is important that we have communities where these women are supported and around women and then experts in particular on our app, which is part of the reason why we added the experts is to have the full 360 degree safe mom shaming supportive network is we needed licensed people as well that were in the community with moms but it's really important that we know the differences between when is this the baby blues and when is this postpartum depression? Mm. And then when is the postpartum depression that's going to lead to suicide or harming of the family? Like that's a whole nother level of yeah. need, and special expert that that mom needs to be connected with. And I'm lucky that I have this community where we can see some of those signs and we can offer them, you know, a, a resource to go find out, you know, what stage really are they in? And like, is it their hormones or is it just that the baby's not latching to their breast and they're going to feel a lot better tomorrow when they get just one meeting with a lactation expert. Yeah. Um, so we help on the lactation expert side. And then when we notice that there's dangerous signs, which does happen sometimes in our community, we're connected with the right partners and organizations to try to at least offer that mom a resource to go get the right help off of the app. Yeah.
0: Do you see moms, um, more lonely when their partner isn't as engaged or they don't have a, you know, their mom moves in and helps, or do you think that irregardless of your family support a mom is lonely post, you know, delivery?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's really different. Um, I had, a, after I had my baby, like for me personally, cause that's something easy to speak on. I, I, I don't believe I even had the baby blues. Honestly, I didn't, I definitely had feelings of being overwhelmed and feelings of confusion, but because I was building social mama and because I had a very supportive partner and also because my brother is an ER physician I had these three built-in support mm. systems that were around me and you know cuddling me day in and day night that I didn't have to walk down that path um and I really hope that that our app is an example of a resource that will help these women that that weren't fortunate enough to have like my setup when I had my son but covid 19 is proof that that this is what, that that is what happens, right? Mm -hmm. So like we've seen abuse go up during COVID-19 by isolating women and and men too. I I know there's definitely men that get abused. We've seen other statistics go up um, and our community is reflecting it. So I think we have plenty of proof, you know, proof is in the pudding. And we know that when women are in any situation where they're isolated about anything, it's more difficult to get through to the other side. Mm -hmm. I mean, We both know as founders, it's a lot harder to be a solo founder with no team and no investors and no support than it is to be with a support system. So that's just how life is in general, that if you don't have the right support system, you suffer. And I will tell you, unfortunately, trauma and abuse is another one of our largest picked unique needs. And a very common topic on the app is around not feeling supported by partners or just in general, the experience of being a single mom seems very different from a a non-single mom and of course you know we have stats that back
0: that up too wow you're doing some really important work but before social mama existed you know what are other resources that mom could moms could use to end their isolation
1: yeah so um it's not always the the best solution um but honestly facebook groups are are great um you know it's online connection it's underneath the general topic so I don't believe that it's at all a substitute for a product like mine or a substitute for your doctor. It's great to call, to crowdsource moms for information, but there's, you know, some bad that comes with that. Like there was a, unfortunately, there was a child actually um, a couple of months ago, it was right before COVID that passed away um, because they had the flu and they were recommended Tamiflu by their physician. But then the mom came home and crowdsourced, Tamiflu flew basically to other moms at a Facebook group. And unfortunately um, the child passed away because she took the advice of some naturalistic moms. Mm. And then later they proved that it was a guy that was running the Facebook group. Anyways, I love Facebook. This is not a knock on Facebook (laughs) by any means. (laughs) It's that we all have to be aware of who's giving us the advice and Mm. when we should take it. And again, it's the reason why we put experts onto our app. It's because our hope is that it's giving a little bit more of a 360 degree crowdsourcing security, if that makes sense. So, so that's one resource. Another resource is absolutely your physicians. And even during Mm -hmm. COVID, like there's telemedicine. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need, if you're not, and I tell women this all the time, just this morning on the app, Um, We we had a woman. If you feel like that your physician, OBGYN, pediatrician, if you feel like you don't have somebody you can call that listens to you and is comfortable talking to you, that is not the right doctor. It is time to find a different support system. Um, If you're having issues with breastfeeding, there's La Leche League. So there's so many different resources. And honestly, hop on a social mama and you can ask about specific resources, too, and you'll get lots of information from moms of you know um little resources that they've used to you know feel less overwhelmed less confused do
0: dads feel isolated
1: of course i mean <laughs> i don't think I mean, again like when we first started we there was a lot of conversations with with not only you know potential users but also with with lawyers around should men be on our app and there's a lot of reasons why we decided not to have them on our app i hope one day in the future that we'll have a version for dads um but, but when we started the app, I can only talk about our initial, our mm-hmm. initial data set, right? So the first thousand people um, that we kind of went out to to see if this product should even exist in the world, only 11% came back as males that were interested in a product like this. So mm-hmm. I think it's a really important um, step. But, but also the majority of single parents or the majority of parents that are the main caretaker are women i mean Mm -hmm. like overwhelmingly they're still women so it's just a statistical thing and a lot of motherhood is around the physical body right Mm -hmm. um and and when you have your first child there's just body connections that happen between a mother that birthed and then a a father that didn't right um but they're looking for very different types of support often so i don't think that they necessarily always belong in the same space together Mm -hmm. um but they both need their resources yeah. Uh, there's, there's men that really feel like that they've been through a version of the baby blues as well. And I'm sure that that is really a true thing. I'm sure that there's men that really are suffering through a big life change with, you know, around parenthood.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything is different in the house. Even the dogs are confused <laughs> when a baby yeah. comes home.
1: <laughs> well, like Well, like one example of like how life is, is different is that the majority of households, the woman still does, if if it's a traditional man and husband um, Mm -hmm. role, still in most households, it is the woman that does the majority of the child work, but 73% of women now work. So it goes to show you the the difference right there because can you imagine like what's happening in those households where, and and COVID is a great example that like women are overwhelmed. They're at their breaking point. We are putting so many expectations on parents in Mm -hmm. COVID. It is great. Our focus should be on keeping our families healthy and happy and our communities healthy and happy during COVID, not trying to keep our kids up at the same level of homeschooling. I hope we can do it. I hope it works. I don't want our kids falling behind, but the focus right now is, is, is health keeping roofs over our head, keeping our kids without temperatures. That's the focus, and more of the burden statistically is on women. It just is. That's just the statistics. So yeah, what
0: are women? Is on, what, is. what are women on your app telling you?
1: I mean, that would not be a thirty-minute conversation. Um, but <laughs> so. so particular in regard to COVID or
0: just in general? Oh, that's a good point. I would love to know like if there's been an uptake in downloads during COVID, but also just in general, like have women loved your app, you know, has there been success, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, women definitely are are loving the app. We are excited about being able to start scaling. We've really spent the last year refining the MVP and understanding what should be in the market and really trying to understand the pulse of our consumer. We do a ridiculous amount of customer feedback so that we know that when we get ready to spend, you know, all those dollar bills on, <laughs> you know, marketing and new employees, that it's the right people, the, you know, product mm-hmm. market fit. You, you have to keep refining. Um, so we, we've definitely seen a lot of growth. Um, COVID was very strange for us because um, the first month of COVID we had a huge down. Um, And it was because mom's behaviors were so different. They weren't finding us the same way. They weren't using us the same way. We were very focused as a team of rolling out this expert program to assist moms through COVID that our own direction really changed. Um, But now it's all recovering. Now in a lot of ways, we're doing better than we were pre-COVID. So it really just depends on what stat you're talking about. But it just goes to show you that COVID is drastically changing our life. It's it's changing how we consume products. It's changing how we find products It's changing how we connect it and how we connect. But I'm really excited about the fact that we, we do have a product that the problem that it solves is loneliness and isolation. And (laughs) we're walking down, you know, a future that there's going to be a lot of that sadly. And I hope that Mm. we can offer some real, um, some real happiness, Um, to those that are going through it and some real, you know, meaningful connection that will improve their lives during this difficult time.
0: Do you have any success stories of women that have told you like, because of your app, they now have friends or they, you know, they got out of the blues or, or anything like that?
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we, we, we definitely do, of course. Um, And it's, you know, nothing makes me happier to this day, I think, than when a mom tells me that they found a new friend or that they, you know, got a recommendation from a friend. Um, You know, people use our app differently. So if you're in a farm in Iowa, you have a very different experience from a woman in Houston that has thousands of women, you know, sitting Mm. around her on the app. Um, It'll be different in the future because we'll have, you know, users all over the place. But right now, um, we have users in Europe, we have users in Minnesota, we have users, you know, they're all over wow. the place. Um, so I think it depends on where you're sitting geographically to the kind of experience that you have, because we are still, you know, um, a, a startup, like a, a very early stage startup. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's exciting is when you get emails like, I'm just thinking like in the last like week or two. So like we had a woman that reached out to us that said that um, every morning her favorite thing to do is to open up the Social Mama app because basically the community is so supportive and she just doesn't feel alone anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that she felt this pre COVID, she's a single mom. She's a very young mom. She has a a five or six year old. Um, and she's in her very early twenties. So I can imagine that this woman's life that most of her friends probably don't have children that are five years old Mm in their early twenties. Um, and she's an incredibly successful woman, which is even more interesting because there's probably less women because Typically, statistically, women have babies later, the higher that their socioeconomic status is, right? So she's definitely in a low world, but like, I I will never forget the first, the first customer email that we got when we, I mean, we were new, this, this was pre the MVP launching and we were just doing very small beta groups in the Houston market. And a woman had come to our meetup um, and she had found us on Google and she came to our meetup because she was new in town which is how a lot of people find us are you know they're they're new in town but she wasn't ready yet to tell anybody in her life that she was pregnant because a lot a lot of women choose to wait 12 to 16 Mm -hmm. weeks but that's after your first trimester so there's a long road of like wanting advice where you don't feel comfortable calling Mm -hmm. your friends yet because you know there's there's a lot of loss in pregnancy I mean one one in eight women suffer from a miscarriage or a loss of some kind so statistically it makes sense why women want to keep it to themselves um but uh, but sadly, um, a couple of weeks later, we got an email from her and she was in the hospital bed and her child had had a diagnosis of it, her fetus, right? Had had a diagnosis of, of high drops, which is, da- does not have a great rate of survival. Um, but she was really alone and she needed another mom that had mm. a child that had been through this and who had survived because she just needed hope most Mm -hmm. importantly. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, she wanted real tangible information. Like what doctor did you use? And she wanted a mom in Houston. And I remember thinking like our app can't do this yet, but one day it's going to be able to, and it's going to like, not just change the happiness, but it could like drastically, it could really help save lives one day. And that makes me so excited. And I'm so happy to report that, you know, seven months after that conversation, her baby was born um, and, and did wonderful, which is so exciting. And we ended up personally finding her those moms through our circle so we did still give her an end result but um but those are the kind of emails that you know just make you you know it's worth the 15 hour work days and not seeing your own child as much as you want when you get emails like that
0: yeah definitely and you said something earlier that actually kind of shifted my paradigm of you know who you're targeting you said there's a mom on there with a five-year-old I don't know why I thought that your app was mostly for women that were pregnant or just had a baby, but you, maybe that's not true. It's for moms of kids with every, any age.
1: Yeah, no, a, a thousand percent. Um, so our our average age of our user, like the greater majority, is between the ages of of twenty five and forty. Actually, so that's the majority. But we have a lot of you know we have a lot of sixteen year olds that are pregnant for the first time that find us or. 18 year olds that are trying to decide if they should go down, you know, adoption, abortion, or, or have the baby and keep it themselves. So there's there's a, a, definitely a plethora, but, um, but actually a lot, like the average age um, child on our app is actually from, from um, pregnancy or, or adoption or IVF stage all the way through like seven years old. So it's really mm-hmm. quite a large range. And we have a significant amount of users that have teenagers and and honestly, even a small percent of our users are, are grandmothers, and they're there to talk about. Yes. they they want to give advice to younger moms, and they want advice from other grandmothers. Like they want to know, like if your daughter in law doesn't like how you're raising, you know, these kids. Like, do you keep babysitting? I mean, they're really interesting topics. The the conversations that the grandmothers have on. Oh around.
0: my god! Your next version so. is going to be social GMA
1: be hilarious so you know what else is so interesting that i didn't realize about motherhood and i wish if i knew the stats off the top of my head and i don't is how many mothers have like a huge range of children and and it happens for all different reasons. But I didn't realize how many women have like a newborn and an 18-year-old, or have stepkids that are, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. and then they're having, you know, a baby for the first time themselves, or women who already have four kids and have had their tubes tied and then want to go down the IVF path and get their. I mean, there's so many different examples of moms who are like experts at being moms, quote unquote, but yeah. then are going through the, the beginning of motherhood stage again. So then when they come on the app they're looking for advice then they're giving advice at the same time. It's the huh. most interesting um, thing to witness. Wow. Really interesting.
0: And you said another thing that really interested me. You said you have uh, p- w- moms in Europe that are on your platform. So do you see cultural differences in different continents about yeah. women's support and motherhood? We've
1: had, we've had women all over the world we've had downloads from Ghana, like you name it. And we've had downloads. Um, so What's So we, we no longer allow downloads from certain areas of the world because we, we have great security. We, we truthfully mm-hmm. do. Um, and our CTO does a beautiful job of keeping our moms secure. But one of the things that really helps with security is truthfully keeping men off the app because um, our data shows that most of, and and like when I say people, most of the people that join the app that we don't want, they're really there to try to find a wife. I mean, that's typically why they're trying to get on. And and we know that from research, but one of the things that has um, helped us as we build on additional security features, like facial recognition, et cetera, is by kind of um, honing in where the downloads are allowed. So it's still Mm. allowed in Europe, um, but we've, we've stopped downloads from Africa and some other areas just while we kind of roll out some new security features. But it's It's been really shocking to realize how much the needs are just the same from country to country. The specifics change, right? So like the formula brands, so they're recommending different things. They can't always have the same conversations around, you know, colloquial terms, but in general, it's the same stuff. It's, it's, I'm nervous. It's should I have a natural birth? It's I'm having trouble breastfeeding. It's my kids moving away to college and I'm depressed. It's, it's really all the same type of conversations. Um, Where it seems to differ a lot is socioeconomic impact. So like Mm. women who um, maybe don't know where their next meal is coming from, the conversations that a woman in India or a woman in America is having are very similar to the women that – definitely know where the next meal is coming from. So that seems to be a big impact of relationship building is just because they're just dealing with such different issues at that point.
0: Yeah. So it's less about cultural differences and in in terms of different countries, but it's more of like they're stacking up based on socioeconomic status. Those are the conversations that are more similar.
1: Right. Or like, or medical diagnosis. So it really comes down to Mm. those unique needs. That's more what the mothers are bonding over. And it's not as much about the culture, but that's what's been so amazing about this app and how we've managed to basically have zero judgment and mom shaming, which has been so difficult to create from an architecture standpoint. And the reason why it's working is that we don't have like a, a Tinder model. There's no swiping on our app. Like, mm. like I don't see your face pretty and I'm like, I'm gonna thumbs up her and she's gonna thumbs up me back, and now we're gonna be <laughs> friends. <laughs> you just start using your biases at that point. Like yeah. we all have them, and you mm-hmm. look at women that you think like you. But what you really start to realize is that when it's a matching algorithm or when you're filtering yourself, like when you're just picking something like autism, you find women that you wouldn't reach out to. And then when you start talking to them, you're like, my God, like she's my new, my new BFF. But I wouldn't think to talk to a woman that looks different than me, that lives in a different country, that has a completely different job. Yeah. Um, so it's amazing. Like, these relationships that are building that women will tell us like, I didn't think she'd be my friend. And I'm learning a lot about myself throughout the process. So Mm -hmm. that's been really exciting.
0: You're breaking down social barriers and saving lives and empowering moms. I am all about it. I love it.
1: Make it sound way cooler than it. (laughs) um, It is, it is the best gift that I've ever been given. It's also the most difficult thing I've ever done in in my life Mm too. Um, And it's a constant uphill battle. And, you know, the emotional journey of an entrepreneur is up and down and up and down. And that's tough, but it is to produce something like we can have an awful day and all it takes is one mom. That's like, Oh my God, I just had coffee with this woman who I never thought I'd be friends with. And I'm going to be friends with her for life is like, it's incredible. Oh my gosh.
0: Yes. Those are the moments. Well, Amanda, this has been awesome. And I want to ask you two last questions we love to ask our guests. Um, We have a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that want to do something in femtech, but they don't know where to start. Um, So what is an area in women's health and wellness that you think really needs innovating?
1: Uh, so actually, um, ironically, one of the spaces that I really think can use innovating is baby tech, which is literally what I'm in. They've named it now at this point. Um, I know that in, that there's been an additional like 500 million that's come into it recently. Um, they say that it's over 46 billion. So the money's there. Um, women are responsible for all the household purchases. So I think anything that's in family tech is a great place to get. Plus we have learned, um, by stats and not by stats that when you empower a woman versus a man, like in particular, a mom versus a husband, that the money goes back into the family mm. and that the trajectory of the family increases, you know, by, by multiples. So I think that it's an amazing space to get into because it's incredibly rewarding when you help a mom. You, you're, you're helping a whole family. You're helping a community. You're helping yeah. aging parents. It's incredible. I think that's one space. And then I think the other space that's really important right now is internet security. And And I see it every day. Like I see women on our app that are sharing phone numbers mm. on public spaces. And so like, we need people that are making sure that we are helping the community understand how to be secure online. The internet's going nowhere. COVID's more proof of that. We're going to have more online meetings behavior is going to change and we really need to work on protecting not only like the physical aspects of society but the financial aspects the data aspects like all that has value and there's bad people in the world that want to take it and i think that when women spend their time coding and creating products that keep families safe i mean it's pretty pretty rock star right there
0: definitely actually i want to poke on something here a little bit of a of a of a debate get your input on it so there has been times that people have come to me and they said, oh, I found a femtech company. They, and I'm going to use some silly examples, some, something that's not real, yeah. right? But like, it's, a, it's an app that helps you clean the dishes faster. And so therefore it's femtech. And I'm like, mm, I'm actually thinking that's like anti-woman tech because you're assuming <laughs> the woman is the only one who does the dishes, you know? And so where's the line in mom tech, if we will, right? Where it's, you know, there are certain biological requirements of a mother, right? That it is like, it's not about equality. It's literally biology. The woman has to be the breastfeeder, right? So like, there's certain things that I know it is the woman's job. But do you see products coming out? And how do you feel about calling them femtech when it's you know, we have this social paradigm of what women are responsible for, but technically that's a cultural construct. The man is absolutely capable of doing that. I, I just want to get your input on it. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm really bullish on it. I'm like, that is not femtech. That is anti-woman. That is, you know,
1: yeah, no, no. And you're like, and you're very good at being like that. I, I love how you always tell it how it is. You're, <laughs> you're a very good social justice warrior. Um, I've definitely learned that from our relationship, but So when I started out in tech, one of the first things I did is I went to Grace Hopper, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And Grace Hopper was a a very famous technologist, engineer. um, And there's this, it's now the largest female tech conference in the world. And I've been lucky enough to go to three out of the last four years. And it's very competitive to even get a seat um, if you're not a student. But what's been so amazing about Grace Hopper has been realizing that there is such few women in technology that STEM in general is so not led by women. It is mm. so unequal. It, in my opinion, I think femtech should be anything that a female is creating that in some way contributes to females moving up in society or, mm. or moving up in equality or whatever it is. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, sex tech, I think it's amazing. I think it's empowering. A lot of it's done by females now. A lot of the, like that's another space that's great to get into. And there's people that will will tell you that. That shouldn't be considered femtech because they think that that isn't good for society. So I think it just comes down to the to the individual person. But personally, I'm with you, Brittany. That I agree that if you're creating a product that's being sold to females that happens to use tech, I don't know that that qualifies
0: as <laughs> femtech. Yes, I,
1: I told you before this conversation that when we released the expert program, we started getting a lot more calls from people. In particular, from femtech, and I'm not quite sure why I wasn't getting those calls pre the health experts on my app. <laughs> and the reason why is that I think that they thought that a, a communication tool, which is not what we are, but you know, they start as like yeah. a, a commute a mom community, is not something that's as important as like telemedicine, which we're not telemedicine. But mm-hmm. I think like when the press were, you know, when the press picked it up, when Forbes picked it up, it, it just read more like femtech, and it was interesting to me to see what investors were all of a sudden coming back to me yes. that didn't see value in the product change. They felt like it fit a femtech portfolio. Mm. So I, I hope that we broaden our opinion of femtech and yes. the most important thing is we get more women who work in tech. I mean, like to get good femtech, you have to have women, right? It's yep. going to come out of women.
0: Most so, times. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I know. That's like one of my hopes is, is that I, I very much feel like that we're, were femtech. I mean, a thousand percent, I feel like that.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I invited yeah, you before I knew you yeah. had the healthcare people on the app, you know, I invited you cause I was like, yeah. it's ending mother isolation. That sounds like a woman issue, it, you know?
1: like it, it, Exactly. You know, and there's like, you know, um, Juliana who does femtech, I've known her way before. And you said, there's lots of people and, and none of it's intentional. I mean, I love those people that came to me and I'm so happy that they saw articles and they want to work with us. But it, it's just interesting, and actually, I had a very jarring conversation um, with a investor very recently who tried to explain to me that my product was not technology; it was a mom community. And I tried to explain to him that there's no industry called mom community. Like that's <laughs> you know, there's oil, yes, there's tech, like I mean, like we, we are technology. Like not quite sure what he was talking about, but but it was interesting to have to be mansplained, and because that is what it yeah, was. It was yeah. the definition of mansplaining that that is what was happening of him explaining to me what this product was was just so so off and then he intimately knows our product. Um it, it was interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting to have that conversation. So yeah, but I- things will change. You know, every day the world changes and women build amazing products that changes the industry. And and that's what's happening right now. I like I think we're in this the surge of it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, before you even had the healthcare people on the app, to me community is healthcare, right? Like there's a reason why Alcoholics Anonymous is based on community is <laughs> to stop drinking and drugging because you need supporters in the journey. You know, it's a it's a illness, but you need supporters in the journey. And so I do think ending isolation is absolutely, you know, when I had my dating app, and uh, sometimes they'd put me in the category of pitching with other life science companies, and I would be like, competing against people curing diabetes. And I'd be like, loneliness is very bad for your health. And that's why (laughs) I'm pitching a dating app. You know, it was kind of a joke, but also, you know,
1: But, but even now there's, mm. and, and our country is, is all in all like more progressive than, than some other spaces in the universe are. But like a lot of people still to this day, like they don't believe that mental health is a mm. real physical condition. And and it is, and mm-hmm. things like, like loneliness really contribute to the state of your mental health, whether, whether it's clinical depression or not, yep. the reality is, is those things impact it. Yep. And to think that, that things that affect that to think that things mentally don't affect your physical wellness is, is so crazy. And it's 2020. We, we society should understand that that has real impact. Yeah. It's great.
0: Amanda, we could talk all day. I'm going to ask you one last question. Um, what do you think femtech as an industry needs the most right now to be successful?
1: Well, like, let's be honest, money. Like that's like one (laughs) things like we know that less than two to three percent of money goes to women Mm -hmm. and that includes whether it's femtech or whether it's you know a beautiful clothing company that's upcycled or not like the biggest thing we to do is we need to match women with funders I think Mm. that's super important um and then I think the second thing is we just have to tell women that they can do it Like women are less likely to start the business, but they're more successful when they do. Mm -hmm. We're not all brought up seeing people that look like us in certain positions. Mm -hmm. And that stuff psychologically, like we have to show our little girls in the world that want to be scientists that it is cool to be a scientist. That's like, that's what's going to create femtech is cool girls in STEM and giving them the cashola. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: And not only highlighting female founders, but you know, we see the, you know, magazines and, and newsreels, they're they're mostly highlighting um, like software technology. And like, why aren't they highlighting Addy, the first sexual wellness drug for women? You know, like, why are we highlighting yeah. only Facebooks and not the social mamas? Like, where is the discrepancy and like, why we're highlighting, regardless of the gender of the founders, right? But like the product itself, I don't, it's, it's honestly been difficult. And it's one of my, you know, missions with femtech focus is how do we make femtech more forefront, you know, like talking about the new tech coming out or exits that are occurring or investments happening. Why are those not on the front page of crunch base and stuff? Right.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I think part of it is, is it is, it's so true. And it's like telling these, these little girls that will then grow into big girls, mm-hmm. like, excuse my colloquialism, but <laughs> when, when they're adult women and when they're leading companies like go out and brag, like, Women ask me, like, how did you get that article? A lot of it comes organically, it comes actually, but some of the articles I'm in is because I picked up the phone and yes. I called a journalist. And yes. I said, we are doing this kick butt thing that's going to save the world. Yes. Will you write about it? But women don't do that. Yeah. But 24 year old guys in hoodies, they do. They, yeah. think, I mean, we missed it. They walk into rooms with just an idea and they command a stage better than, than somebody that has 20,000 people in their community. Like yeah. I'm a victim to it myself. Um, I don't feel victimized. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I have no problem, like, you know, fighting through <laughs> it and I'm learning to be stronger. But like, that's what it's about, right? It's like yeah. women, get yeah. more confident in yourself. Like if you're listening to this, if you're thinking about femtech, if you have any doubts, stop doubting yourself. Just jump in. If I did it, anybody could do it. And I'm not <laughs> saying I'm super successful. That. Like I have no unicorn. I'm not ready to IPO. But like, I I barely know how like turn on a computer and I run a tech company like you can do it you just have to find what you're good at and surround yourself with the right team and have the confidence and you'll do it so
0: wow well I want to end on that note man that was awesome thank you Amanda so much for joining us today
1: thank you Brittany this was so much fun so So
0: much fun talk to you soon Bye. bye Thank you for listening to my interview with Amanda Dukach, CEO and founder of Social Mama. If you need some support or friendship at every step of motherhood, download their app for free on iOS or Android. It's just Social Mama. Also, check out their website, socialmama.us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I am. I love doing these interviews, but I want to know, what do you want to hear? So... Support the podcast by subscribing, rating, reviewing, telling your friends about it, share it on social media, tag us. We will comment. We will reshare and throw us a DM. Tell us what you want to hear about. Until next time, keep innovating in femtech because remember, improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.